clubhouse. I'm Beth Kushnack. And I'm Caroline Daly. Welcome to Decorating the Set, from Hollywood to your home. For over 30 years, I've created settings for countless award-winning television series and feature films. As a set decorator, I'm a storyteller. My job is to compose visuals that both capture and enhance any story. Now, I want to help you capture and enhance your story. I'm on social media every day, and Beth's Instagram is a must-look for me. Over and over, I see fans asking her, how can I get the look in my own home inspired by something I've seen on screen? There's nothing I enjoy more than helping people create a space that allows them to best express themselves. Subscribing to Decorating the Set means you'll never have to tackle these projects alone. I'll be the decorator by your side. Hey Beth, today we're gonna tackle the unique shopping challenges that have come with 2020. Hi Caroline. Definitely new challenges in 2020. Hunting to find that perfect piece of furniture has become much more difficult these days with factories shut down and back orders happening and lots of places saying they've got no stock right now. You know, in addition, working from home with schools offering so many virtual options Everyone seems to be setting up workstations and different kinds of ways to exist in their homes. So I know there's a national desk shortage right now. <laughs> right? Yeah. I know. I'm so grateful that we get to pick your problem-solving brain, Beth, because this is a whole desk shortage. In addition, it's really even down to small items. I'm finding working on a house myself that even acquiring some hardware has been difficult. But the problem-solving scenario is exactly the perfect description of set decorator. That's what we do. We're creative in that way, always trying to make something into something else. And it's really our time to shine in terms of being very efficient, creative, and thinking outside the box. So today, listeners, we're going to give you those tips and make scouring the internet and antique shops and outlets a success because I know it's been very, very frustrating. We're going to share a lot of different tips today that are going to be applicable to many different types of furniture. But the main thing that we've been hearing is that no one can find this elusive desk. Beth, nobody. So we're going to use the shopping for a desk as our primary example. It is a good example. It's coming up in a lot of different ways from executives working from home to kids obviously doing their schoolwork and moms trying to keep everybody together and do their jobs that they have to sit down at a desk and do. And things are shifting. Maybe some of this seems simplistic, but I can honestly say from all the fans, both in the States and internationally, these have been the top questions that I've been getting. It's not easy these days. You're not walking into a store. You've got to navigate mostly through the internet and you've got to think outside the box. Thinking outside the box when it comes to a desk seems like I need to be thinking about what is a desk really? What is it I'm trying to accomplish with this? We reviewed in our podcast, Living Rooms, part one and two, about traffic patterns and setting up areas in the living room for working. 
and what kind of placement and ways to think differently and think temporary. This applies again in this situation because not being able to just click online at a store that you're used to finding something in stock at and buy a desk and that's what it is. Since that's not happening right now, I'm really suggesting to everyone to repurpose and reuse possibly furniture you already have. And also basically a desk is a flat surface and maybe some storage. So that can be created, put together with a number of pieces, and it can come from different suppliers that you're not necessarily used to. It can be a dining table, it could be an outdoor table, it could be a folding table, even with a hard surface on it. And it's not really about being a DIYer, but it is just about seeing this surface that may be applicable in other ways. Maybe it's furniture you have already in other rooms, putting two end tables together. Maybe it's gonna come from a tag sale. And believe it or not, I, I have been seeing a lot of people putting out stuff right now at the end of the summer for tag sales. And maybe it's gonna come from a different source that you just don't normally think of. Recently, I actually helped a friend with this problem, and we took two folding tables and put them together. They're small and plastic and were easily found online, but it just didn't seem sturdy enough, and actually it wasn't very pretty. And, you know, it's hard to do work when you put tablecloths on tables, so I got her a piece of Plexi, that you can order from a store that sells glass. You it could actually even be a thin piece of glass. And we put that on top of the folding tables, but we also did a little bit of decorating and put some nice images in between the two pieces. So when you look at this folding table now, it's just got nice black legs and it's got this plexi with all these special notes and cards and things that she wanted to save as the desktop. So we really did a collage piece of things that she likes to look at. And she's got this space now, this home office surface to work on. And then we threw in a rolling cart with some shelves in it from an art supply store and she was set up and ready to go. Very ingenious, ladies. I feel like you guys really made that personalized and it sounded like repurposed some things that she had around. I know for my own self, things like notes and cards and things like that I love to see, but I don't want it all set up everywhere. So what a great way to display it, but also have it be not all cluttery and in your way or anything. Yeah, and it's nice, even if you've got stuff on your desktop, to just see little sections of it right there. And when you're working... It's nice to look down and have happy memories and things that make you feel good around you. That's your top layer of life, I always call it. Those little encouraging smiley notes are yeah. always, always a heartwarming, right? So these outside-the-box ideas make me think that there must be some other like off-the-beaten-path shopping options that maybe we're all overlooking. That's true. And there are a lot of different kinds of places that can help you during these times. Hardware stores are open and essential and 
have you know materials that can be used in this way. They might even carry the plexi. But there are also other supply stores that are not your usual go-tos. And the reason I know of them is because we kind of use them as our second-tier vendors, I would say. So think commercial school supplies, think art supply stores, think about outdoor furniture places that sell furniture that can be used indoor or out. There are supply stores that sell other things that also have lines of small accent furnishings. Maybe something that sells clothes and camping supplies now has a home division. Of course, there are estate sales and antique places, but if you start to do your search and think a few layers, a few steps outside of what you would normally go to because right now everybody's having those same thoughts they're doing their their main places that they're used to searching up that they might get catalogs at home from but you really have to go deeper when we're online shopping i feel like i'm doing kind of a mediocre job of actually scouring my options it it seems like i'm just seeing the same things over and over those same catalogs that i get at home are the same stores that are popping up as like my first choices on my searches. So what can I do better when I'm online? How can I do this better? I will share with you and tell you this is the exact thing that happens in my office when myself and my assistants are always together kind of doing the initial push, you know, the big pieces of what we're going to dress on set. Nine times out of 10, everybody goes to the top vendor, the usual place. Then there's me yelling across the room, <laughs> try this place, try that place, try art supply store, try that antique store that we used to go to. I think more than ever, I want to encourage my listeners to really function and operate like a, a true set decorator does. When you're searching online, if you keep using the same words, the same descriptors, the same vocabulary, you're just going to keep seeing the same images. So if you're looking for a desk, vocabulary matters, definitely. Search up computer workstation, console table, Parsons table. I don't search by using the tab shopping or by using the tab all. I, I search by images because those are a compilation of all kinds of things, not just what a company is trying to promote, but you see a lot of people's experiences by using imagery because there are Pinterest pages and there are just personal stories and Instagram, and you can you know, use these images to cycle back around. And when you recalibrate your search, you get a, a pure variety of results. You're looking for a desk, don't just think desk, because again, we said we're looking for a surface, you know, something that's that's functional and that will fit in your home. So try to think broadly right now and try to try to incorporate as many adjectives and descriptors and different types of that same idea of furniture, but maybe don't just use the most obvious words. Yep, and keep using a descriptor. Make it long, you know, looking for a desk that would fit in a corner that's white. Because the more push the search with additional verbiage, 
usually you're going to get directed to different sites. It like digs a little deeper for you. It digs deeper. It does. And I search and then I walk away from it, clear that search and start again. You know, make sure to clear what you're searching because you don't want to just keep seeing the same results. Okay. So important to like go back and like change all the words again. And that's the best way to then have a whole bunch of new images pop up for you. Mm -hmm. And right now you might be seeing a lot of things coming from your search, but then when you click on them, it says out of stock. And that's because they are truly out of stock. So many people are experiencing the same thing, trying the same search, but there are big box stores that restock on a weekly basis and they tend to stock at night especially during these times they have you know reduced staff and different shifts sometimes it's good to do a search in the early evening and then save those things that you might be interested in that are out of stock and then go back to it the following morning or the morning after that and you'll notice that the stock numbers are back up. That's a fantastic tip because I think a lot of people sort of get that, you know, throw your hands up. Like if it says out of stock, they just sort of walk away from that particular no, item. No, it doesn't mean forever that it's out of stock. It might shift your timing a little bit in terms of delivery. But believe me when I tell you that your major vendors are extremely aware that the bulk of us are looking for ways to make our home quarantining and working you know, a value. So they're all hustling for us. They're right hustling. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I, it's true. I've talked to a lot of my higher level connections at vendors, and this is the way that they are being essential to all of us and they understand the need and they want to provide. I know that even a couple of the stores that I've been looking for had been offering a text notification when an item would come in. So stores really are trying to let us know when things are coming. So for sure, sign up for those things. Yeah, take advantage. Definitely. There's so many different ways that we can communicate with stores now. It's not just online, which a lot of people I feel like stop at the internet. They think this is it. You know, if I can't go in, this is my only option. But I know that you have better tips for that. Well, I do because mostly I am not a fan of the internet. I started my job when it didn't exist. I started my job as a set decorator when cell phones didn't even exist. So, you know, I like that personal interaction because I always have questions. Right now, stores are putting on staff. They might be working from home themselves. Phone ordering is definitely a valid way to try to get your piece in your home as quickly as possible. For a lot of people who don't even realize, this is the way that our parents even would have ordered furniture in the past. You would have called the number on the catalog and the customer service person would have taken your order. When we're telling you this, this is not something where if you call, they're going to be like, what are you doing? And like, hang up on you. <laughs> like, there is a customer service number for a reason. You should feel free to use it. And in fact, during this time, this is so much better to get to somebody right away and they can answer your questions directly. It is. And honestly, it's the way that I work. I, I really go both to my usual places, but if I'm dealing with the catalog company, in a bizarre way, I actually don't trust doing it online because I, I'm used to that kind of touchy-feely communicative scenario. I would start with calling customer service. Every catalog, every website has a way to reach a human, be friendly, ask questions, have the answers to questions they might ask you, you know, have your measurements, 
And then I would do a little bit of grilling on where the piece that you might want to order has been made. Now, why does this matter, Beth? Why do we care where the pieces are made? The most important reason it matters is because if a table or a chair or sofa that you've ordered has to come from Italy, it's going to be on a boat and it's got to go through customs. There are a few companies that manufacture in the United States, but there's a lot of timing issues with this. So knowing what company, the company that you're talking to is having their furniture come from or having their furniture made, it helps because if it's a vendor that's very reliable, I find that the customer service person will tell you that. They'll say, you know, maybe you should look at a different rug because all these rugs have now gone kind of back ordered. Mm. And I've been in a situation like that recently. Obviously, the more you try to use as local a vendor as possible, the quicker you're going to get what you need. Depending on where you are in the world, think about what your proximity is to where that piece is coming from. Yeah, because delivery makes a huge difference. Delivery time can blow your whole schedule. The other thing is a lot of these stores have outlets, just like there are clothing outlets where they're all banked together in one place. A lot of those outlet areas have now put together divisions of furniture vendors. So in those places, you don't really know what's going to be in stock, but you can pick up the phone, call that outlet, ask what's in stock. Many, many people in those outlet stores are willing to walk the floor, take a photo, send it to you. And many of them will tell you, for instance, we get our deliveries on Thursday, call back next Thursday or I'll put your name on a list and I'll let you know if I see anything in the inventory of what's coming in. And these tips are so great because I think that everything that you always are pushing with me and with our listeners is this idea of teamwork and that it takes more than just yourself. And so right now, a lot of people are sitting there just trying to do it all alone online. All the things that you're telling me, calling the customer service number, calling direct to the outlet, having those people do searching with you and being able to think about them calling you back and being on lists and stuff. All of that feels so much more like I'm not alone. All these other people are also looking for me. They're, they're willing to walk around. I, I had a recent experience where I had an online question that they then connected me with a live human in a local store. And that person was willing to walk around using my measurements. There's no one in the store, so they didn't have anything to do. So they were more than happy to just walk around, you know, give me any suggestions on things that they had in stock. I found it an extremely positive experience. And I think it's really positive for the people who are going to work during this time in the home furnishings, home decor industry. They take this very seriously. They understand that you know, this is a time when we need them. It makes you feel proud to be doing your job. People just have to maybe make an effort that they're not used to making. It might take more time and pushing. Definitely a reason why I'm offering again, anybody who wants to send me questions or photos or ask for sources, definitely direct message me at Back Home Decor on Instagram, and I'll try to do my best helping you. During these times, I find especially talking to a human 
is the way to go. And I feel for them, they feel for me. I was on the phone with a vendor the other day and this very nice customer service rep was working at home. I could hear her baby crying and I said, do you need to go? And she said, nope, I, I got it. <laughs> and we had a little laugh about that yeah. and about the craziness of the situation. But in fact, we're all creating new scenarios. And as a set decorator, now trying to help everyone in their own homes, the more that you operate in the way that I have operated in my work life, I think the more beneficial it's going to be for you. And it seems like people right now are really craving connection. So if you can take a moment and bring your your soft voice and your friendly voice and talk to these people who quite frankly, have probably been yelled at all day long by people who are are upset that they aren't getting their orders exactly when they're expecting them. You can become their best friend and they are willing to work 10 times harder for you if you just be kind and, and empathetic about what's going on right now. And in addition, I have to say, I, through this time, have been dealing with so many vendors as I always do, but the difficulties and the problems are just so huge and they keep repeating with the same vendors. With certain vendors, the way that I have been helped and had follow-up, for me, has warranted the request for somebody's direct superior to send an email, to make a comment card, to give five stars, because there are companies that have worked this out, and clearly they have told all of their employees that during this time, customer service is paramount and it will continue to keep me devoted to them. Those relationships I know that you have must make a, a huge difference for when you're doing things on set, moving from job to job. Oh, I'm really only as good as my vendors, my team, my set dressers, my teamsters. It's a team effort. We're a family together. And we have our ups and downs, but everyone has to realize that there is a ripple effect. Every single person involved has a job to do. And when that doesn't happen properly, it can ripple through the whole situation, you know, the whole show. That's where you have to be creative to come back and clean up that little problem and keep going. We're all about to experience in the film industry how to work during these times. The most creative thing we're probably all going to be doing is revamping how we work on set, how we communicate, how we create. To me, that's the thrilling part of what's about to happen in our new world and way of working. But it's it's going to take some good planning and some patience. Here, here, it's going to take a lot of cooperation to get through this, as it has already. Honestly, right? It's we're we're all depending on each other for safety and moving forward. So, speaking about safety, though, I know that there are some things that we really need to be thinking about when we're getting pieces delivered to us. That's different in 2020 than may have been in the past. Yes, you know, I was going to say that I I think now at this time, the start of the fall, and having us all been through this for so many months, that we're shifting into a, a new section, a new way. 
you know, in the beginning there was a lot of panic and everything was shut down. And now that we're opening up and things are becoming available, except for desks, of course. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> Those elusive but desks. We're, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who would have thought? I know. It's so crazy. I think we can go into this section, this time period, these next few months with a kind of different way of viewing it. But there are precautions. If I was getting a piece of furniture now and I had room, I would quarantine it for a day or two in my garage. If you're in an apartment and you can't do that, I would just consider what cleaning product you're using because a lot of these desks and additions are considered temporary. People are not spending a ton of money on them. And you really have to know what kind of cleaning product can be used on these surfaces. Because the last thing you want to do is finally get your desk, <laughs> take out those Clorox wipes, wipe it down, ruin it forever, oh and have to start all over right, again. Watch that color and, and or that, that stain or that finish wipe right off. <laughs> yes, dissolve Be completely. careful. Read so the back. Read the directions that the piece comes with. Look it up online. Ask your customer service representative when you're talking to them, what is the best cleaning product? And it might just be warm water on a soft rag, but I would clean the product completely up, down, sideways in every drawer, air and out a little bit and just make sure to ask those questions. I, I think that that's another just huge pro for actually speaking to a human when it comes to making these orders, because you have an opportunity to say, you know, is there anything I need to worry about in the care of this product? If it's a, a piece of furniture that has any type of fabric on it, oftentimes they'll even have a little kit that they'll send along with and you can clean it with that. So I feel like it's definitely important to get that person on the line and clarify before you cry right. and <laughs> caroline that's so good <laughs> good alliteration i may have ruined um, a piece of furniture too <laughs> <laughs> many companies especially when you're buying upholstered furniture they offer a, a low priced guarantee on the furniture and at some point in the future, they can have someone come to your house and work on stains. I do recommend that because it's usually so cost effective and has a unlimited usage in terms of taking care of any stains or problems. That's good to know. So you do recommend taking that, like if they have that little extra, buy this little warranty. What are they, Do they have an actual name, a proper name that you could ask for? Extended Just warranty. an extended warranty generally. I know when I think of stuff yeah. like that, that, I think of like electronics. But with furniture, I can use the same wording. Yes, exactly. Okay, that's super good to know. So I know in addition to once I get the piece of furniture, I know that there's some other parts to that that like normally I could ask about having someone come out and do assembly or even do like white glove service and, and different parts that usually are options that are added on. What should I expect now? Now you can pay for white glove service. You should always ask about white glove service because here's what happens. If you don't get white glove service, the piece of furniture can be put on a pallet of wood to keep it safe and move it safely and can have a lot of packaging, packaging that will require many trips to the dump if you don't have your garbage picked mm. up. 
And it means that they can literally leave it curbside in front of your oh house. Oh my gosh, I had no idea. So if it's a day that's raining, you might not want that to happen. White glove service means, and it does cost more, that they take away the packaging and they put it in place in your home where you have properly cleaned up and had uh, proper access for them. I do usually use white glove delivery. Now that's for my private clients because in our world, when we get things delivered to the shop, I am fortunate to have my crew. Right. You have labor there, right? That can help. But lots of us at home, we don't have labor, right? We don't have several strong people around to, to carry things around for us. So delivery issues and working that out are very important right now. I have found with dealing with vendors that all deliveries are happening properly, COVID proper, with masks and gloves, and people are coming up with really great solutions. So you don't even have to sign a receipt anymore or sign a tablet. I feel like the buzzword is contactless. 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 (laughs) Everything's contactless. Contactless delivery. But you don't want your furniture sitting out on the street. What a disaster that would be. I cannot. Oh, oh, Beth. Oh, it happens. It happens. Uh... You know, none of this is an exact science. So we're just here trying to give our tips and tricks, tools of the trade to help in these situations, things that aren't normally talked about. And it's so different now. So you may have had, you know, a hundred experiences before 2020 where you say, I know how to order a piece of furniture. I know exactly how it's going to get here. I understand I can pay extra for assembly, but this is different. And it's important to know it's different and expect it's different. For assembly, there's so many people and so many companies who both offer assembly and there's assembly required. What should our listeners be expecting in terms of being able to get things put together? Unfortunately, most companies have contracts with local people for assembly. And right now, that might not be the easiest thing to pull off. So even though you pay for the assembly and they reach out to that local person in your area, maybe that person's business is totally closed now. Who knows? So try to get that information before you a pay for the local delivery and try booking it because it may not be open to you there are places that have services where you can book someone you know a handyman or you can call your local hardware store you can implore your neighbors and friends to wear a mask and put together a piece with have a furniture put together party The furniture put together <laughs> party is not a good party to have in these times. Oh, oh my goodness. Well, you know what? I, I also think it's a good bonding opportunity, right? For you and anyone else in your house to read some directions together and uh, spend your time looking for tiny little pieces. <laughs> you know, it could be like a long extended game of Jenga. Mm. You know, you put together the legs and you walk away and then you leave the next, the the, ne- the base to the next person and you keep going from there. And whoever puts the drawer handles on the piece and calls it safe, 
They win. I like that very much. I like that too, because that seems like not only social distancing, but also like you're not going to choke out anyone who's like in the house with you because you like work alone. I completely agree. For your little part. And then, (laughs) right. And then the end result is that you actually have that desk you've been looking for. Yes. Which is the entire point of this, of this hunt, isn't it? Is to come home with our desk and have everything be all set up just right. There are so many different tips that you gave in this one, Beth. I feel like I'm overwhelmed with all this good knowledge. I hope that our listeners are writing everything down. But I do have a question for you from home. Sure. Samantha from North Carolina asked much more of a set decorator question. She says, on which job was it the most challenging to find the pieces you need? Samantha, good question. I have a lot to choose from. Jobs are difficult. I'd say no job in the film business I've ever done is easy. Certainly some are more enjoyable than others, but always when you're doing a period piece, it's harder to have that immediate accessibility to things. So probably one of the more difficult jobs acquiring things because it was a period piece was Howard Stern's private parts. We did so many sets. We did so many different times in his life, so many different periods. In New York, working as a set decorator, it's a little different because we have very few actual vendors. Interestingly, our business has changed a lot in the last 10 years or so with less brick and mortar stores and rental houses and more things happening online. It is kind of the battle of the search and there are things that can make you crazy and as soon as you don't need them anymore, you you find 10, 20, 50 of them. You know, it just becomes that one piece that keeps me up at night. <laughs> but I definitely try to conquer it because I have this insatiable need to find it. So that's what drives my insomnia. (laughs) And I really have kind of learned to open my search concepts, which is what I'm recommending to all of you right now. I know that we've had people reach out internationally and especially other set decorators with their own thanks for the tips. What kind of specific advice might you give a new set decorator who's out there right now, young, new to the game, trying really hard to figure out how to get these pieces. Is there any sort of words of encouragement or advice or anything specific to them you might want to say? I encourage you at these times to be safe over any work scenario. Number one, keep yourself and your crew safe. We're all developing new ways to work, new materials, new cleaning processes. It depends, obviously, on where my colleagues live, but I can tell you that I'm thrilled beyond anything to hear from all of you, to represent the craft, and I'm open to any question that you have. It's a very difficult business. It's changed a lot and will continue to evolve. But I think perseverance and work ethic and organization are the keys. Beth, thank you so much on behalf of myself and our listeners. And I know that those set decorators out there are all taking notes with your veteran advice. You always have such great 
outside the box thinking that is what we need right now. This isn't anything anyone's been through before. So thank you so much for your time and for really thinking this through with us and coming up with so many different ideas. You're welcome. It was my pleasure. And we're going to be talking about this topic some more throughout all our podcasts because it's the way that we're living now. Next week, we're going to dive into fall and a shift to the new season and to our working and schooling at home. And I look forward to receiving more questions and photos of your own home. Thanks you guys so much for listening. And don't forget to please rate, review, and subscribe to Decorating the Set on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Five stars, five stars, five stars, people. Thank you. Decorating the Set from Hollywood to Your Home is a Pod Clubhouse original production. Recorded, edited, and produced at Pod Clubhouse Studios. For more information, please visit us online at podclubhouse.com. Pod Clubhouse.